taking a look at uh, the situation in our province, and we're all holding our breath, fingers crossed, that the rain that rolled through this morning wasn't the end of it. It's not. It's not. Uh, the forecast calling for more rain for much of the province throughout today and into tomorrow. How much will it be? Will it be enough to reverse our fortunes and um, you know, make some major gains on these wildfires. Of course, everybody is hoping that is the case, but we'll have to wait and see what happens there. In the meantime, this wildfire season is, of course, beyond the usual. There's no doubt about it. We've already seen uh, well over a million hectares burned. Uh, we're not even halfway through June yet, right? And, of course, it's not just here in Alberta. We played uh, the clip earlier from uh, Minister Bill Blair talking about this is now already the worst wildfire season this century in terms of area that's burned. Um, and whenever we talk about dealing with these wildfires, we talk about the firefight. That's what we do, right? We we fight the fires. We bring in the military. Um, we have firefighters coming from all around the world to help battle these blazes. Could that be part of the problem? Is our attempt to immediately fight these fires why we have so many fires? I know a lot of you have talked about the way we manage our forests and our forest fires is part of the problem here. So let's get into that. We're going to chat with Eric Lamb, who is a professor in the Department of Plant Science at the University of Saskatchewan. Uh, professor Lamb, thank you for joining us. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so this conversation, I mean, fire, I think we need to try and remember. We talk about it a lot, but um, it's part of the forest life cycle, right? That's sort of how Mother Nature has always managed that ecosystem. We've all heard it before because that's true, right? It's exactly the case. Fire is a natural part of the um, forest ecosystems, and our some parts of our forest are always going to burn, and it is healthy for parts of the for parts of the forest and parts of the grasslands to um, to burn so it should be something that we do expect to happen when we talk about why it's a good thing and why it's positive what does it do what does fire do that benefits the forest well it's effectively it's a renewing it's a renewing force it comes through it removes old dead material it uh, creates niches for all sorts of species that are adapted to fire and it um new 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 plants come come back following the fire it's it's really it's a it's it's a renewing force i see that most i i mostly study grasslands where we see it even more to greater degree than we do in forests where in grasslands most plants they don't even they survive the fire and we get um excellent grazing with all that dead litter and every, everything else removed remove post fire so it really can be a renewing force and you know of course our our strategy seems to be we fight these fires grass fires forest fires any kind of wildfire when it breaks out our initial response is to try and fight it um is that counterproductive? Should we be letting some of these burn? Well, I would suggest when it's a wildfire, we should be fighting them. You know, because wildfires are happening unplanned. They're happening in dangerous weather conditions. And wildfires put people at risk. They put um, infrastructure at risk. They put economic value at risk. So we should be fighting wildfires. What I'm suggesting is we should be thinking about 
planned fire at other times. And this is where we start talking about prescribed fire, which yeah. is a planned fire that is being carried out under weather conditions where it's not dangerous. So a good prescribed fire practitioner only will be lighting something up when they know they've got a favorable weather forecast, when they know that they can keep that fire to where it's been um, planned to be. Because the reality is these ecosystems will burn at times. Our choice is do we react to wildfires under difficult conditions or do we plan fires for times when we've got we know we have the resources and we know the weather's on our side so that we have part you know parts of our landscape that when wildfires do come along they can't burn through we do prescribe burns, though, don't we? I mean, we, we all know the situation down around Banff where a controlled burn got out of hand. Uh, so, I mean, we've seen them before. I mean, we, we do some of them, don't we? we? We definitely do some, but we don't do enough. Okay. So, so from where, where, for where I'm most familiar with this in, uh, in Saskatchewan, we would, and in our grasslands, we would maybe burn three, four hundred hectares a year using prescribed fires Okay. Um, these days. And we should be doing probably several thousand hectares each, um, each year. And we're, we're just, uh, we're, sh- we're short of people to do it. We're short of resources to do it. And oftentimes we're short of uh, permission to permission to do it. So, so yes, people do it. And there are organizations that, do a really good job of it. We just don't do enough of it. Um, in terms of, uh, uh, would this fit into the mitigation strategy? Because we've heard some people talk about, you know what, we're, the fire is part of the force. That's the way that it works. What we need to do is mitigate the risk. And it seems to me this is exactly what we're talking about. Like if we know there are areas that potentially we could see the interface fires where the fire is getting into communities, removing the fuel, like you say, and, and doing what we do with the prescribed burn seems like the perfect solution, isn't it? It, it is, and an excellent example would be um, like Parks Canada. Um, I've got a cabin up at Waskasu in Prince Albert National Park, and for the last several years, the uh, park has been very um, diligently removing fuel from certain areas around the town site, and then they go through and do a prescribed fire to take all the uh, all the grass fuel out from the out from the understory, and you know they do that early in the spring. And they're, they're creating a large natural fire guard to, to protect the community that also happens to be really, really good wildlife habitat. And that, that's the kind of thing we need to be, to be thinking about is, um, you know, deliberate use of fire, particularly in those interface areas near communities, you know, again, recognizing that you know, a fire on a cool April morning is a whole lot better than a fire on a hot July evening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's sort of changing our relationship with fire, right? Instead of always trying to 
um, make sure that no fire spreads and we, we don't have any fires. I mean, that's part of the problem, right? I mean, when you don't have any fire in some parts of the forest, the, the conditions get far more severe than they would be if we did have, you know, a regular natural cycle of fire that would typically happen in a forest. Yeah, exactly. And I think it just comes down to us recognizing that parts of the forest will burn. And it's a choice for us as to maybe when that happens. Yeah, it makes good sense. It really, really does. Eric, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you being here.